0: Since the Sandbox fans, we are back with the schedule predictions, and today it's time for the NFC South. The South is a little wishy-washy, a little bit scary, but you guys are going to get the rundown right now. We're starting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I have losing their first eight games of the season. So they have a Monday night game, week three versus the Eagles. They have a Thursday night football game, week eight versus the Bills. I have them losing versus the Vikings week one, the Bears week two. Mention the Eagles at the Saints week four. By week, week five, lost versus the Lions in week six, lost versus the Falcons in week seven, and I mentioned the Bills in finishing the losing streak at week nine, traveling to Houston. This is a tough start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have been viewed so differently with Tom Brady the past couple of years. And I'd love to sit here and tell you Bucs fans that things are hopeful, but the harsh reality is you guys are an average franchise who got Tom Brady and went all in, and now it's time to deal with it. Plain and simple, I think New England is still feeling that a little bit, trying to go all in with Brady when he was on his last couple of years. Tuan, we just had an extremely long Boston talk, and I don't want to bring this back to the Patriots. I don't because I know that this gets a little bit personal to you. <laughs> it's but, fine, it's fine. But <laughs> I just I just need people to understand these expectations and when you're not a Kansas City or a Philly Eagles or even like a Green Bay who can just make that building and that turnaround so quick, it's hard to be a good franchise in the NFL like keep that in mind you're talking about the most most talented players in the entire sport across the, the the world. So it's a tough stretch starting off the season 0 and 8 with a bye week in week 5. But Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position, no consistency with Godwins or Evans. That defensive side of the ball by week four is absolutely going to give up. Vita Vea, Kalijah Cansey, the back end that they try to yeah. lock up a little bit more, even the linebacker position when it goes to to White and David and those guys, I think it's going to be a brutal year to be the Bucks. But... Week 10, I have them getting their first win versus the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> a good yeah. it. It's
1: like, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. You sell out for a quarterback like Tom Brady. They knew this was coming. Yeah. What, did they think? They were going to backfill with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask? That makes me want to throw up. Yeah,
0: that's
1: what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I'm saying. like, we'll see. This is going to be an absolutely awful team, regardless of how it shakes out. And I get them losing the first five all the way through Minnesota, Chicago, Eagles, Saints, Detroit. But then they have them squeaking the win against the Falcons. I think it's just going to be a tough, gridded divisional game, and they got to win one. I do think that they're going to get blown out by the Bills. I think they're going to run over by the Texans and Titans as well. So wow. through the first 10 weeks, I got them with one win also. Okay. Or did you have them two? No, yeah, I had one. them one.
0: Yeah. So Week 11 comes back around and the losing continues at the 49ers <laughs> and at the Colts in weeks 11 and 12 they get back-to-back losses. At this point in time in week 11 this has them at a 1 and 10 record, but after that this has the Panthers week 13. I do have that being a W. Now we're talking about two wins for the for the Bucs, maybe things start to get hot. Absolutely not. I have them losing the rest of the games this season at the Falcons, at the Packers, versus the Jags, versus the Saints, and at the Panthers. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay Bucks fans. You guys can celebrate your success and, and rock around your Tom Brady jerseys. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to collapse as a franchise and organization. A coaching change will happen. You will have disgruntled stars at the end of the year. 2-15 and 15 is a very hopeful record for you guys. And let's hope that the careers of Mike Evans and his success and Chris Godwin's and what he's meant to that franchise don't get tarnished by the end of this season.
1: Mike Evans is gone. We'll get to that at the end of the at the end of the schedule. Though. So and let's just keep throwing L's at the at the camera right now. So San Fran L. 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 L, Indy L, Carolina L, Atlanta L. They stake one against Green Bay. Okay So in Green Bay I think they sneak When I think Green Bay Is also in just Such a tough spot At this point But then again They might prove Otherwise As we see What Jordan Love Could be Jacksonville L New Orleans L Then I have them Sneaking away Against Carolina At the end I think they're just Going to be fired up Angry I I think both teams Are going to be In a spot where They're not playing For too much Tampa might be playing for the first overall pick, but I think they're going to squeak out a win and go 3-14 and 14 and possibly lose the first-round pick. We'll okay. see when we get to the West. Yeah.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what would happen, because this is Caleb Williams' territory as mm-hmm. well, so like that could be a direction that they go, but we'll see what happens. Moving over to the Atlanta Falcons, I have them starting off very similar to the Bucks, but not that many games, Falcons fans. You guys have some hope this year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have the Falcons starting off with four losses to start the season versus the Panthers versus the Packers at the Lions at the Jaguars in London. After that, I have them winning four straight. So winning versus the Texans versus the Commanders at the Bucks, and at the Titans. Four and four after a shaky start and then a great comeback. After that, they have a loss versus the Vikings and a loss at the Cardinals. So I know that that's a game, but the Cardinals are going to win some games. I feel like the Falcons are a team that that could happen against. This has them at four and six. To get into the bye week at week eleven, and then after that, I had them getting a win versus the Saints, a loss at the Jets. So right after the bye week, being able to be around five and seven, I still feel like Atlanta is still in in conversation to win this division. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit tough to be you know a playoff team, but also the NFC is significantly weaker than the AFC. Mm-hmm. So. Eight, there might be a couple of teams that have eight wins that get into the playoffs in the NFC. I,
1: I, I think you're right on par. I think we're going to see a couple of those as well. So getting kick-started with Atlanta, first thing I want to say about Atlanta is I think there are hopes for the team. Yeah. I think they're trending in the right direction. They're getting to a point where I know we talked about this where it seems like they're just going to be building until they're a quarterback away. And then they're going to get their quarterback. They're going to take their shot. And then they'll probably start falling off again. Yeah. So you look... I think they're going to beat Carolina right off the bat. I think Carolina is going to be a team that's got to get adjusted to itself, so Atlanta will be ready to rock and roll. Atlanta gets a win week one, gets a win week two against Green Bay, but then I have them dropping the next two to Detroit and Jacksonville. Those are two teams that used to be poop, and they're coming up. Two and two after that start, but then I have them beating Houston, losing to Washington, losing to Tampa, losing to Tennessee. Getting a win against Minnesota, getting a win against Arizona, getting a win against New Orleans... Sneaking a win against the Jets. Wow, so here we are streak, yeah. on a big streak in the final game of their win streak against Tampa. I get them going on a five-game win streak going up until their next loss.
0: That's strong. That's strong. really strong. So I'm going to come in here in the middle of the Falcons' schedule predictions, and I'm going to give you guys a bold prediction. By either week eight or the start of the 2024 season, Kyler Murray will be an Atlanta Falcon.
1: Oh, I
0: love that. They're getting bold. Look, there was a draft day trade that collapsed, and Atlanta ended up making their pick. I've been talking consistently about Kyla Murray not being the long-term option for the Cardinals. You need to make sure he gets healthy. You need to be able to still get that value to get multiple first-round picks, if that's what he's worth. I don't think Atlanta's going to be in the category or the conversation to be around or to have enough capital without giving up your future to get a Caleb Williams. I think that's going to be too much of an ask. But if they do build that supporting cast that you're talking about, maybe it is a better supporting cast than Kyler Murray had on the Cardinals. He has a consistent running game with two great backs. He's a running threat himself. You have Drake London. You have Kyle Pitts. Maybe add another wide receiver there. Kyler Murray can't have success with that if you establish a defense. I think all of that's really possible. I love that take. Yeah. That is an awesome hot take. Yeah, awesome hot take, and, and watch when it happens. I told you guys. Well, Twan told you guys. It's it. not
1: predictions. It's spoilers.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See? This, this is why I have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> after, we don't make a team. Yeah. <laughs> after the Jets, after the loss to the Jets, I do have them getting two wins in a row versus the Bucs and at the Panthers, but finishing the season with three losses versus the Colts at the Bears, and at the Saints. This has the Falcons finishing at 7-10. and ten which is still on the cusp to compete in this division, is still on the cusp to compete in the NFC playoffs. Not enough. And this is a team that's probably picking around 10 in the NFL draft next year. I don't think 10 might be enough ammunition to move to one without giving up two or three first. We saw the Bears go from nine to one. I don't think the Falcons are in as much dire need as uh, the Panthers were.
1: I, I like that take. I'm a little bit higher on the Falcons, and I do have a question for you once we get to the end of these four games. So, after coming off that five game win streak, I have them losing to Carolina, beating Indy, but dropping the next two to Chicago and New Orleans, bringing them to nine and eight. And I got them over 500, fringe playoff. We'll see how the rest of the division ends up shaking out, but I think they're going to be in contention for the division. My question for you is if they get Kyler before the trade deadline, does he play this season, and does Atlanta make a push in the playoffs?
0: I would love to say that they get him this season, but I don't feel like coming off an ACL, they're going to know what he is. I think the only way that they get him this year is if it's just 1-1. And I don't think that's what Arizona is looking for in mm-hmm. rebuild mode. I do feel like if Kyler Murray was in this offense, that that would be enough to win that division. But like I said, it also depends on how he comes back. He's someone that uses his legs and his mobility and agility a lot. He's not extremely fast, but he is extremely quick. And I feel like that's the difference. I think Atlanta needs a little bit more veteran experience and presence if you are going to have a guy like Kyler Murray because we've learned with his presence in Arizona that he might not be the best leader. And there's been a lot of great leaders around the NFL that have been vocal about that. Yeah. So I feel like that's why it might be more beneficial to wait after the year. But if you can do less compensation and get that now, then why not? I have Atlanta struggle in the beginning of the year because if it is going to be Ritter, I feel like it's going to be a slow development to get there. But that's Mm -hmm. why I do have them eventually getting hot. I think Atlanta could see the playoffs with or without Kyler Murray. It depends on that quarterback position. But we see consistently how impactful young, talented running backs are. Bijan's going to have 13-plus scrimmage yards. Easy. He might just have that in rushing yards. And I'd probably say very similar for Gibbs. Both of those guys are going to get drafted in fantasy formats round two, three the absolute latest. Yeah. They're going to be consistent starters. You've seen it with Saquon. You've seen it with, with all these backs that have recently came out that have been top picks. You even saw it with Pierce, who was it, a fourth-round pick. That's exactly what I'm saying. So it's going to happen. The Falcons are trending up. They are a quarterback away, but I do still feel like their defense is, is maybe a year and a half away from being a contending defense. Yeah. Their offense might be there right now.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You look at Atlanta, it's their secondary's awesome. Yeah. Outside of that, they need a lot of work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, jumping over to the Saints, who I have having a one-game difference in record from the Atlanta Falcons. You'll have to hear how much of a difference it will be from the Carolina Panthers. Week one, I already told you guys with the Titans schedule predictions. I have the Saints starting off for the loss. And then continuing that lo- the losing streak into Week 2 with the loss versus the Panthers on Monday Night Football. This is going to be a great Monday Night Football game. Not because it's two great teams, but because we're going to learn a lot about the Panthers. We're going to learn a lot about the Saints and this division as a whole. After those two losses, I have them getting two wins at the Packers versus the Bucks, Losing versus the Patriots in Week 5. And then getting a win versus the Texans in Week 6. This has them at 3-3 three and three to-, to start the season.
1: I love having you lose, having them lose the Patriots.
0: <laughs> I
1: got them beating Tennessee to start the season, dropping the next two to Carolina and Green Bay. Okay. Then I do have them beating Tampa, losing New England, and then coming up with a win against Houston. So I actually also have a three and three start for the New Orleans Saints.
0: After that, they play a tough game on Thursday Night Football versus the Jaguars. I have that being an L. Just think the Jags are a little bit of a better team than the Saints are at this point. After that, they get a win versus the Colts, but then two losses in a row versus the Bears and at the Vikings. They have the bye week after that and one more loss versus division opponent at the Falcons. But they get two wins in a row that I feel like these wins can really start to build some momentum versus the Lions versus the Panthers. I feel like those would be two good wins. The Lions are obviously a really competitive team and... The Panthers, they're getting some revenge from early on in the season. So this has the the Saints in pretty good territory for where they need to be for the rest of the season. But with only four games remaining, they're going to be great to get to where they want to.
1: I agree. So I have them losing to Jacksonville in that tough game as well. Just again, talking about how good of a team Jacksonville could be. Go back to the prior rankings. You'll hear about it. Going into the next game against Indy, I think they rattle off a win. And I think they also beat the Bears following that at home. Then I have them losing the next three to Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. I think those games are going to be very close, but I think they are going to lose them. I think New Orleans is a team that is going to have a lot of really close games this year. One possession, or comes down to the last possession, one score games, things like that. But following those three losses, I do have them getting right against Carolina, which brings them into your boys in the Giants. Take it from there.
0: Yeah, of course I will, and I do have the Giants winning this game. Look, this is... Even though this is a home game for the Saints, I absolutely think the Giants are a better team than the Saints, Mm -hmm. but these are the games that are going to make the difference in the Giants season, right? What team are the New York Giants going to be in? Who are the Saints going to be? I mean, we know what the quarterback is capable of in Derek Carr. He's won 10 games multiple times in his career, but... It's also all right. Is Daniel Jones viewed as a better quarterback than Derek Carr at this moment? I might, I might say he is. Maybe. I saw Chris Sims had, had Daniel Jones ranked just at eleven, and that was above Kirk Cousins. I would say that Kirk Cousins is more consistent than Derek Carr. The potential for Carr might might be a little bit higher, but that's not even a guarantee. Back to the schedule predictions: a loss versus the Giants, and also a loss versus the Rams. There's Thursday the game. Football. Yes. <laughs> But after that, I do have them getting two wins in a row at the Bucks versus the Falcons. With that being said, this has the Saints at an 8-9 record. I feel like this is enough that they could win the division, but this is also enough that could keep them around a top 10 pick. Look, the Falcons are one game behind. The Carolina Panthers either have a similar record or a couple of wins above. You guys will hear after twins predictions, but the Saints have all of their goals realistically attainable. With this record, see you took care of my
1: team here. I'm going to take care of yours. I got the New good. York Giants pulling out a win, and I, I actually think they're going to Smoke ha- them? hand the Saints an absolute beatdown. Good. Um, I, unfortunately, I think the Giants are going to be a very good team this year. Good, but I do
0: have the they Saints. A proud to <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: no, I do, I do have a lot of faith in the Giants this year. Just like to take a second to go on them. I mean, uh, incredible coaching. Just a team that had a good offseason. They're building and. They're a hungry team, man. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not a team that just sits there and they're like, oh, let's just play football. They're a team They go in there, they're like, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And we're going to beat the shit out of teams. And if you know, we're playing hard teams, we're going to play them tough. And if yeah. we're going to lose, we're going to lose by one possession. We're not getting blown out by anybody. Yep. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to see out of your team. So y- you can look up. Right <laughs> but after that loss, I do have the Saints winning the next three. So they finish the next three strong. Rams, Bucks, Atlanta that finishes them with a 9-8 and eight record that oh, could also win the division. Yeah. So I have them tied right there with Atlanta in terms of the division. So that's – and, again, I have them splitting games between the two. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see how that division ends up shaking out. Because no. what is the third
0: tiebreaker? Or what is the tiebreaker after, like – It'll go overall record, division record, and then I think after that it goes to head-to-head. Or my head-to-head might be above division record. That's – because they might – I might have them all splitting, so – well, because that's, that's the thing. If New Orleans—let's say New Orleans and Atlanta have the same division record because of other wins and losses versus the other team. Mm-hmm. If New Orleans is 2-0 and oh versus Atlanta, yeah. regardless if they're both 3-3, three and three, they'll get that nod. For yeah. sure. Yeah. What if they're 1-1, so, one one, though, and they have the same— <laughs> <laughs> Maybe point differential in that it, game, but that's you're what probably I think, right? coming down to like your fourth or fifth tie-breaking option. Wait, it it's difficult, but it's very possible it with is. this division. It Absolutely. is so fun. that's what oh, I'm really interested to see it. <laughs> I'm very interested, but wow, I,
1: I know you love those Carolina Panthers, man.
0: I I think that the Panthers, I don't wanna say are locked in playoff team, but I think between the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers, these teams are all much better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. My opinion. I have the Panthers starting off hot. I have them getting two wins in a row at the Falcons versus the Saints on Monday night football. But after that, I do have them drop in four straight games. Ooh. I think I think it's tough having a young team surrounded with a, a rookie quarterback that you're going to need that leadership from. Like Br- Bryce Young is going to have to bring that. But at the Seahawks versus the Vikings, at the Lions, at the Dolphins, extremely tough four games, even starting the year off with two wins. So two and four going into the bye week. But after that, I have them go on a three-game win streak versus the Texans versus the Colts. And at the Bears on Thursday Night Football, I feel like that's a difficult game in prime time. It is. And I, we,
1: we talked about the Bears. I'll go check it back uh, on the other episode. <laughs> but uh, the Bears, they could be in for, for an interesting season as well. Absolutely. So, But I think that's kind of where I have the Panthers as well. A lot of teams changed up. A lot of things could be different. So I have them losing the first game to Atlanta at Atlanta. I think it's just one of those games where it's not the right scenario for them. But then I have them winning the next game against New Orleans. Following that, a loss against one of the better teams in the league, I believe, this year, which will be Seattle, but then winning again against Minnesota. So here I got them through the first four going back and forth, but I do got them dropping the next two, Detroit, Miami. I think those are very, very tough games, but then I have them winning the next two against Houston and Indy. So here we are four and four halfway through the season. And then you come up against a, a tough Chicago team in Chicago. It's going to be cold weather. Not sure that Carolina is going to be all too used to that. So uh, I do have them dropping that game to Chicago, bringing them to four and five to start the first nine okay. games of the year.
0: I have them at five and four to start the year. So mm-hmm. just very similar territory. But it does get a little cold in Carolina. Not as cold as Chicago, though. That's, oh, God, that's a no. fact. Coming to week 11 versus the Cowboys. Do have this being a loss, I think it's going to be a closer game than what people are going to think. I think if this was in Dallas, it might be a blowout. But in Carolina, don't feel like Dallas is a, a great road team, unless it's versus the Giants. <laughs> After that, though, I have them getting a win at Tennessee. Three losses in a row, at the Bucks, at the Saints versus the Falcons, getting right versus the Packers with the win, a loss at the Jaguars, but finishing finishing the season strong with the win versus the Bucks. So this has the Carolina Panthers with an 8-9 record, tied for the Saints for the division, and one game above the Atlanta Falcons, but where it comes down to is the division splits. I have the Bucks going 1-5, the Falcons going 4-2, the Saints going 4-2, and the Panthers going 3-3. Three and three. Wow. So, you guys, so, so Saints, based off of that, win the division. So, based off of this, yes. It all depends on how those head-to-head games go against Carolina and the Saints. They have the same record, but that would mean the Saints finish on top. I'm pulling for Carolina or Atlanta mm-hmm. to be on top of the division more than the Saints. But I do feel like the veteran defense, the coaching experience, and Derek Carr having... The most reps as a quarterback out of any of those guys, there that I feel like that could be the difference.
1: It could, it really could be. But again, you're looking at a team in Carolina that it's brand new. Yeah. There's so many new things going on in Carolina. Like, how do you prepare for them to start the year? I know. So, who knows? The Carolina could rattle off a bunch of wins to start, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of hard for teams to catch up, especially in that division. For sure. But after losing to Chicago, I have them dropping the next two to Dallas and Tennessee. Um, I think Dallas is a a tough game to play. Even though Dallas isn't great on the road, I do think it's going to be close, but I do think Dallas edges it out. I think they're going to lose to Tennessee, but beat the absolute breaks off of the Buccaneers. Lose to New Orleans in New Orleans, but then I have them rattling the next two off for wins at home against Atlanta, at home against Green Bay, losing on the road in Jacksonville, <laughs> and then losing at home to Tampa Bay, finishing the season 7-10. and But there's a lot of things to look up for on this point. And this is, again, a 7-10 and record that very well, with a couple of games here, could end up being 9-8, and then they're right there in the division again.
0: Absolutely. So, Tuan, couple questions here. My first one is a division-wide question. Between the Falcons, Saints and the Panthers, over the course of the next two years, which franchise do you believe has the biggest opportunity to have success, we we, we could say, in and really be successful, maybe maybe 10 11 win category. I'm gonna go with Atlanta. Okay. So I think the next closest is Carolina.
1: But I think Carolina has a lot of people that are signed to shorter term deals right now. So there could be some more turnover coming up. And I th- I know that the Saints have a lot of shorter term guys that are yeah. coming up on the end of their career. I think they're and it's weird because they're I don't see the Saints as a team that's gonna win it anytime soon but they're kind of in a spot where like the how old their players are how many more years they got in their contracts and things like that they're in a spot where they're supposed to like win now yeah but they They don't really have the roster to win now so i think they're gonna see an epic fall off bucks level from the saints in the next couple years carolina is one of those teams where you have a quarterback and bryce young that everyone's talking about as the future and he very well could be so I think they're on the up, but I think the Falcons are the closest because I think they have the most pieces built around that all they're going to need to do is plug and play a quarterback in the next year, two years, and they're off and running.
0: Absolutely, and they're young too. Very young. So, My question comes to the Carolina Panthers, and we mentioned Bryce Young a lot throughout this episode. Is Bryce Young a fantasy ca- a starting caliber quarterback in fantasy formats? And if you had to pick one quarterback... In a dynasty league, between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, which quarterback are you taking?
1: Mm. I think, so. to answer your first question, I think Bryce is a fantasy-relevant quarterback. I don't think you can have him be your starting quarterback until you let him prove it to you. But I think he's a guy that you can draft kind of like... People did Mahomes, now I'm not going to compare him to Mahomes, but almost in the way that people did Mahomes, where it's like you got somebody else to play quarterback, but on the off chance that Mahomes becomes a world beater, you have him there and then you just put him in there and then you have a quarterback to trade.
0: Waiver wire type of quarterback that maybe potentially you could add... Maybe two, weeks two or three because nobody knows what he's going to be.
1: I think you got to draft him.
0: Yeah. I, I think you got to draft him. Okay. If you
1: get a quarterback like that that gets picked first overall, you got to draft him. The same uh, way T Law, yeah. right? You look at T Law like that. But I do think going forward in a dynasty league in the next three years, you're going to see CJ Stroud be better because I think the Texans are going to build better.
0: Okay. So you'd think that support of, of a cast might bolster CJ Stroud's fantasy value in dynasty leagues a little bit. More than Bryce Young's. I
1: think so. And I think this year Bryce will be better. Maybe next year. It's, it's going to be close. But I think in the coming years you're going to see as C.J. Stroud develops. I think he's in. And I don't want to say Bryce is in a bad situation because he's not. Yeah. Carolina's a good situation. I think C.J. Stroud is in one of the better situations you can be in. And I know that Houston is not historically a great team.
0: Or Ohio State quarterbacks
1: coming in. But absolutely. Exactly. But I, he just seems to be a little bit different because – Again, the one thing that's throwing everything off right now from me seeing a lock as C.J. Stroud is the fucking IQ test. Yeah, I know. I know. You were That's
0: the one thing. You literally sent that to me like two or three days before the draft, and you were like, shit. oh, shit. That's what I said. I was like, oh, man, I've
1: been telling everybody C.J. Stroud's a dog, and yeah. here we are. But like, the one thing for me is that IQ test. And I think when you get him around some more veteran players, great coaching, and you build a good team around him, he is going to produce for you. Yeah. He knows what it's like to have a top receiver like a Marvin Harrison Jr. He knows when he's just just got to get somebody the ball. I watched it at Penn State. Yeah, <laughs> that game was razor thin, and he just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna throw it." Marvin Harrison Jr. is out there somewhere to catch it, and yeah. he made the plays Absolutely. and he did what he had to do. So he's been he's played tough competition. He seems to come to it in the same way Bryce Young does. But I just uh, dynasty league, not this year, but dynasty. I'm gonna give it to C.J. Stroud.
0: No, oh, that's cool. One last rundown of the division, Tuan.
1: All right, so I got obviously the Bucks with the worst record at three and fourteen. Then I got Carolina at seven and ten. And then I have New Orleans and Atlanta both at 9-8.
0: Nice, we love it. I got the Bucks at 3-14, very similar to you. The Falcons at 7-10. And, and both the Saints and the Panthers finishing with an 8-9 and nine record. Since the Sandbox fans, this wraps up our entire north and south divisions of our schedule predictions. You guys got to stay tuned for the east and the west coming to you guys throughout the rest of the month. You guys know the deal. Peace, love, and five stars. Nothing left.